Have you ever eaten raw meat? Would you ever try it? Do you know what Gnosticism is? Do you think that humans are truly meant to live much more simplistically than we do? Wes Rowe of The Real Natural Human Diet eats a lot of raw meat in his diet, including chicken, including raw turkey, including raw organ meats. And I'm talking with him in this episode of Root Awakening, a health podcast about why he does that. And somehow we still managed to make this episode a super spiritual one as well. Wes and I talk about his diet, which is not exclusive to raw meat. Wes also gives us a raw cookie dough-like recipe that I'm really interested to try. We talk a lot about food in this episode, but we talk about it in the context of intuitive eating, which was kind of a surprise to me. I think that's really cool. I actually found out that both Wes and I eat pretty intuitively, and we talk about what that means for each of us. We also branch out into talking about spirituality and religion. Wes has studied a whole bunch of different spiritual theories and introduces me to some new concepts like Gnosticism. And here's the thing. I find Wes to be such a balanced guy. There's not a lot of ego there. There is zero dogma. And he's not trying to convince you to eat meat. He's just doing what feels really good to him. And that sounds really good to me. It's really great energy to have on this podcast. I really like Wes's view on life and he has a lot of qualities that are really refreshing. He has a lot of maybe childlike joy and that's nice to see. It's really nice to see. He has a very simple, peaceful outlook on life, so he talks a little bit about his lifestyle as well in this episode. It's really refreshing to hear what he has to say, so take a listen for yourself. Enjoy. This is Root Awakening, a health podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am a self-development coach and the CEO of Root Awakening, and Root Awakening is a holistic home of self-development and empowered community. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening, root is spelled R-O-O-T. Message me and say hi. Your feedback on this episode and this podcast would be so appreciated. Any conversation starter, I love, I love to have conversations with you. So message me, reach out and say hi. As a self-development coach, I specialize in sexual and emotional healing, boundaries, communication, improving relationships, and connection to one's self. I still have a few openings for one-to-one clients. I like to work with my clients one-to-one for a series of sessions that I determine intuitively. So if you're feeling called to work with me, you can DM me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening or email me at emily at rootawakening.co. This contact information will also be in the show notes. You can also do some self-study with my teachings. So I created an online communication course that is available in the show notes. It's simple, it's quick, it has customizable scripts, it has mindset lessons on cultivating relationships and relationship dynamics. I've narrated all the written material so you can listen to it like a podcast or I personally like to listen and read at the same time. It really sticks in my memory. The information really saturates my brain a lot easier easier and a lot quicker. It's a super affordable course. The link is in the show notes, so check it out. 
I also have some free ways to get support from me. I have an email tribe, which is my weekly newsletter that I send out via email. I don't send more than one email per week. And in this newsletter, you'll basically just get real time tips from my life that I am experiencing currently. This is a lot of more personal information that I do not share on social media. And I talk really about what I'm experiencing that week or the week before and what the resolution is. I've made self-development my life. I'm very good at connecting to myself, learning more about my patterns, creating new patterns, observing my behavior. So I basically document that in this newsletter and tell you about how my life is relating to my self-development. And through that just comes tips because I find solutions to the struggles that I'm experiencing and the challenges that I'm facing. So this is a really good way to get free support from me. And it's a very gentle newsletter. It's often long, but it's packed full of information and you can unsubscribe at any time. I also have created the Root Awakening Commune, and this is because I wanted a community off social media. We never know what's going to happen with Instagram. I am probably going to get banned from Instagram at some point because I just don't really agree with their ethics. So I wanted this kind of safety community off of social media. It's a Mighty Networks community, so it's completely independent and it's a private community. So it's a safe space and I really wanted to focus the theme towards survival skills and towards homesteading and gardening and cooking from scratch and cryptocurrency and emotional healing as well. Just practices that will help us to continue to stand on two feet if society collapses. So it's kind of like a safety community, if you will. And it's a really nice, welcoming, open, accepting, supportive space. So since this is a private community, you can DM me on Instagram or email me if you would like to join. I screen everybody that, that comes into the group to make sure that it remains a safe space. And it's free for now. I don't know if that's going to change in the future. So if you're interested, contact me on Instagram or email. Okay, let's get into this episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Root Awakening, a health podcast. I'm talking today with a guy who immediately caught my interest as soon as I found his Instagram page. Wes Rowe from The Real Natural Human Diet on Instagram and YouTube is here with us today. The majority or a large portion of Wes's diet is raw meat, but I'm not talking like socially acceptable versions of raw meat like sushi grade fish and carpaccio and the stuff that we're generally semi-comfortable with in typical Western society. I'm talking just like straight raw chicken and raw turkey cut up on a board as well as raw organ meats like liver and kidney and eyeballs. Uh, Wes makes this awesome, like almost like a charcuterie board of raw meat and organs and raw butter. And then he'll have like maybe a cooked potato in there. And he just shows up on video live. He shows up on Instagram live or YouTube live stream. And he just sits there super chill and eats the raw stuff and talks about it. Super matter of fact, he does like live Q&A. It's amazing. And that's part of the reason why I find you so unique, Wes, to me, you're very spiritually sound. I get like a really great energetic vibe from you. The energy is great. And in my eyes, you cannot fake that. Um, so you're not having this diet in my 
from where I'm standing, you're not having this diet to be an asshole or to create drama and you're not really egoic about it. It's clear to me that you just really believe in this diet very humbly. And I love that dynamic. Now, that being said, I also love that it's against the habits that we've got into in this society. And I love that it's really eccentric. So I'm really excited to have you on Wes Rowe of The Real Natural Human Diet on Instagram and YouTube. Welcome to Root Awakening Health Podcast. Thank you for that uh, magnificent intro. That was great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to get into your background a little bit. I'd love to hear first why you started to eat raw meat, why you made that decision. Where did you come from? Tell us about that. All right. Well, um, I'm, you know, like everything, it goes all the way back, but you know, that could be a very long story. So, uh, you know, basically, I started getting into health and nutrition like when I was in my 20s. Uh, when I was about 25, I started uh, getting into like strength training and then I started um, researching like how to put on muscle, right? So then I learned about eating protein. I learned that protein builds muscle. It's like one of the first things I ever learned. So I started eating a lot of protein, eating a lot of meat. And then I noticed that I gained a lot of muscle and I got really strong in my 20s. And then, um, so that was kind of like my introduction into nutrition. I've always been like a meat and potatoes guy. It's always been my thing. I've always been a very plain eater. Uh, just basically, yeah, just meat and potatoes and I'm good to go. But so I got into like my late 20s and I started just like not feeling well. Um, real like kind of mild stuff, like um, mild to moderate issues, like skin problems, brain fog, uh, fatigue, almost like chronic fatigue at certain points, but like uh, mood swings and just kind of general stuff like that that kind of progressed into my thirties. I started researching nutrition more, uh, looking into like vitamins and supplements and, uh, even like nootropics, like things to kind of advance your brain function. And like, I went down all those rabbit holes and I've tried like tons of nootropics and I've tried hundreds of different supplements and went down that whole rabbit hole. Um, that didn't really do a whole lot for me, but I did have a couple things happen in my twenties uh, kind of like, uh, like, uh, injuries and medical setbacks. So one was in my 20, my early twenties, I got a root canal done. Uh, so they, they, um, root canal my, uh, upper canine tooth up here. And, uh, I think that ended up like going bad eventually and like causing a lot of health issues. So that's kind of like, uh, in the background, kind of like creating issues for me. And then I also had, uh, in my late twenties, I had what I believe is like called a drop seizure or an atonic seizure where you just fall over. And what happened was, is I fell over and completely shattered my face. So I had like a traumatic facial injury and uh, I cracked my chin in half and then I cracked both my jaw on both sides and I chipped 12 of my teeth in half. So I had this traumatic facial injury happen in my late twenties and uh, I got my jaw fixed, wired shut and uh, fixed, but I didn't fix any of my teeth for like three years. So I had like chipped teeth and chipped molars in the back here for like three years and I think that created some issues for me as well with the root canal. So kind of fast forward. Now I'm like three, four years past that injury and I'm starting to just not feel good. I'm getting like weird skin problems, like bumps on my head and just all sorts of weird stuff. And then um, I just kind of finally about four years ago, I finally decided to address it with diets. And that's right around when the um, whole carnivore diet thing was coming out. So Dr. Sean Baker was, you know, promoting the carnivore diet. 
And I thought that was like really interesting. I was like, I can't believe someone can live off of only meat. But it also intrigued me too, because I was always a big meat eater. Like that's one thing that I never quit was eating meat. I always ate a lot of meat. That's probably the thing that kept me alive. So my buddy decided to try it one time. And I said, you know what, if he's going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I just started cooking like steaks every day. And I started for breakfast eating like a bunch of like eggs, like five eggs and like half a pound of bacon, um, just all this fat and meat, you know, I did that for like a month. And then I found videos on Ogenous Wonder Planets on raw meats on YouTube. And that intrigued me even more than the carnivore thing. It just kind of rang true to me. I was like, this really seems like the natural diet. And so I just picked up on that and started eating raw meat like the next day. After doing a little research into like the terrain theory and germ theory thing first, you know, but started eating raw meat the next day and then just, you know, never quit eating raw meat. And that was like three and a half years ago. And I then decided like immediately to start documenting my journey because I just kind of had like an intuition that like this could be a really interesting thing for people to watch. So I just started videotaping it. And so that's kind of where I'm at right now. <laughs> nice. So yeah. how did you get to the point you take one-to-one clients on this, right? Or are consultations on health, right? With yeah. One clients. Yeah, I do. Yeah. How did you get to that point? Um, you know, I saw other people doing it. And so I just decided like after a couple years uh, experience with the diet and studying nutrition, like every single day, I was like, you know what? I might be able to help some people because, you know, I was getting like a lot of direct messages and emails from people like all the time. I'm answering messages and emails. And I felt like um, I felt like I wanted to do it for free. You know, I did it for free for people for like a lot of years. And I was like, you know, I just want to help people. I really I'm not trying to like get rich off of this or I'm not trying to be like a huge like YouTuber or Instagram or anything, you know, like that's not my objective at all. I really wanted to like help people get healthy. But I also saw like an avenue for people are willing to actually pay for one-on-one consultations. Like they actually want that, you know? And so I decided just to kind of open that door up and say, you know what, if you want to pay for an hour to talk to me, then we can do that. And it's actually been really fun because you can accomplish a lot, like talking to someone face-to-face for an hour over texting each other or direct messaging each other, you know? So Yes. Yeah. I started doing that like a little over a year ago and I just do that on the side and it's been cool. Nice. What do you do in your, your day job or your full-time job? I, I work at a, uh, it's a, actually a door company. So mm-hmm. I'm the shop foreman, the manager in the metal shop. And what we do is we build uh, hollow metal door frames. So I'm on my feet all day. Like uh, sometimes I get to leave the shop and do things, but mostly just I'm on my feet walking around all day and I get to use my hands. Sometimes I'm building stuff. And so I just really enjoy it because um, I'm not like stuck in an office every day, staring at a computer, which I've been offered positions to do, to do that. And I actually declined them. I was like, I would rather be on my feet walking around, you know? So that's what I do. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm kind of the same with energetic circulation. I noticed I was just taking one-to-one clients full-time all the time doing basically what we're doing now, which I loved, but I noticed that something was feeling really stagnant. And now I work at a health food store part-time and I can talk, still talk to people about health, but be like up and about. It helps so much. Yeah, nice. And speaking of energetic circulation, when you started having your clients 
having people pay you as clients to work with you, did the energetic exchange feel a lot different because you were being paid? Um, yeah, I think I felt like a, a little bit more, um, I felt like I did kind of owe them something, I guess, because they paid me. So I gave them a little bit more attention. But but for the most part, I give them the same information that I give anybody that just asks me questions on on like Instagram or YouTube, you know. And it didn't get, feel different for you. Like it didn't give you it, it. Was it not as draining for you or did you feel consistent? Um, Not as draining as far as what do you mean by that? like energetic input. So for me, I was doing free case studies for a long time when I was studying to become a health coach and mm -hmm. I loved it. It was great. But after a while, I started to feel really drained because I wasn't getting like an energy exchange as much. It was free for them. Sure. So like, if you think about money as energy or something like that, I don't even really, yeah. it doesn't even necessarily resonate with me, but it just gave me more like, oh, I can use this money to like invest back in my business. I can use this money yeah. to like buy yeah. nicer things for my, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It does. It does feel a little better if you put it that way, for sure. Like, you know, the whole the whole money thing is always like, you know, um, you have to be careful with it because it's like you need it to survive in the world. But then again, you don't want to like chase it. So there's like that really important balance with money, yeah. you know. So but I think, yeah, there's like a way to balance that in with helping people with their health. And I think that, yeah, it definitely it keeps me motivated to, to do what I do because, you know, I do have a fairly busy schedule and I can't always just like do those things for free. So yeah. it helps put that, you know. Um, I guess, yeah, energy or, or whatever back into my life. So, yeah. Yeah. And I agree what you say about chasing money. I think like there were certain times when I was not interested in what I was teaching about at a certain point. And so at, at, at a certain point, it just was income for me and it was horrible and it probably wasn't great for the client in those moments either. So yeah, yeah. that's, I think that's so important. One more question about your background. So did you grow up as a child eating the typical American diet? Yeah, yeah. For the most part, uh, my mom, she was always uh, pretty conscientious about food and diet, though, because she was my mom was like an athlete, really good athlete, actually, yeah. in like high school, she was a really good swimmer and stuff. So um, she was always pretty conscientious about like giving us like meat and like a nice balance, I guess you could say. And uh, we didn't have a whole lot of junk food in the house either. So um, that was like all the way until high school, basically, we had like no junk food. So I got that sort of blessing, you know, mm. but, um, but we did have your standard like cereal for breakfast and like canned soup for lunch, you know, and just like bread and just, you know, we had like a bread maker. So we were making, making bread all the time and like mm. just uh, stuff like that. But it wasn't uh, as bad as I've seen some people grow up, you know, but it was decent. It was decent. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. Sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. In, in ratio to the the really typical American diet, which is like a bunch of sugar, basically at the end. Of the yeah. Day. Um, yeah. So you ate the raw meat for the first time and you said you kind of just never looked back. So clearly mm -hmm. it was a transition, but it seems like you were really prepared for it. Were you just like, yeah, this feels good for my body. So I'm just going to run with it. What were your thoughts after that initial experience? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, it was almost like intuition, I guess, kicked in or something, you know, it was almost mm -hmm. like my, my instincts kicked in and we're like, okay, this is like what I'm supposed to be eating. 
because it just made sense to me. Like I've always been that sort of like a uh, very simple, like logical thinker, you know, and like when something like makes sense, it makes sense and you can't really go back on it. And like, I just, once I saw that you didn't have to cook your food, I, it just opened up a whole world of like, just, um, questions, I guess you could say, you know, I'm like, what is going on here? Like, why are we cooking our food yeah. and all this stuff? So it was just really intriguing to me, but it was also, yeah, like just intuitive. Like, uh, it's just, it felt good too. You know, like the energy I got from the raw meat was uh, a lot different than, than cooked. Like it was way different. So I just, I've always been kind of in tune with my body in that way. Mm -hmm. And I've always been in tune with my body with food too like in a sort of weird way, like, um, even when I was a kid, like, uh, when we would have like hamburgers, we'd grill out hamburgers and stuff. Like I would eat my hamburger with, uh, no cheese, no bun. And I would eat it with a fork and knife on my plate. Wow. So just like weird stuff like that, that I did as a kid, like I had an intuition to stay away from the processed cheese and stay away from the, the bun. So like, so anyways, like that just kind of all built up into this whole me finding raw meat thing and just kind of integrating that into my life too, you know? Yes, totally. I love these topics. And we're definitely going to talk about the energetic feeling that you get after eating meat, because I heard you mention something like that in one of your YouTube videos. I'm really excited to talk about that too. Mm -hmm. And I love the idea of intuitive eating. And I'm wondering if you also felt like you mentioned earlier that supplements didn't really do much for you. I think those were your words. And I felt the same. <clears throat> and did you feel kind of an intuitive no about supplements when you were taking them? Um, so yeah, supplements are interesting because then you're getting into like, um, like, uh, I think believing can influence your reality, like what you believe in can influence your reality, right? So mm -hmm. like, then that ties in with the whole like placebo effect. So like, you know, supplements could almost work as placebos, I think, for some people, if you're if you're actually believing that they're healing you. So I always like believed in what I did, I guess. And I think that just whatever could have influenced certain things with me. But but uh, in certain supplements, you do feel like a, an instant like, OK, this is definitely doing something to me, you know. Mm -hmm. Like right now I actually have some, uh, some cordyceps mushrooms mm -hmm. and those I can, I can tell right away, like I'm getting an energy boost from it. It was like really noticeable, you know? So certain supplements I think are actually like legit, like, especially like mushroom type supplements. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but then like, yeah, like I had one of those like, um, grandma, grandma, like pill dispenser things like plastic mm -hmm. cases. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm getting into the supplements, man. I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do all of them. And it was like, you know, I had like a list on a sheet of paper of all the supplements I took and it filled the whole, it filled the whole sheet of paper. Um, but, but yeah, I think like, um, if anything, it's sort of just like getting you in the practice or the motion of like becoming healthy. So it's kind of like you're, in, you're doing the motions of it, but I don't think the supplements, there's no proof that they do a whole lot, mm -hmm. you know, and some of them are really bad for you. I think like the iron, iron and, um, iron is shown to be really bad. And also like vitamin D and stuff like that is not supposed to be very good for you either. So I'm starting to open up, um, to those ideas too. Like, I never realized that, like, I think Dr. Dr. Morley Robbins, uh, talks about that, but anyways, yeah. So I don't think they do a whole lot. And I think it's just better to get it straight, you know, raw from the meat, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. 
So describe your actual diet to us, because when I met you, I thought that you were just eating like raw carnivore. And I'm going to talk about a post on Instagram that you had in a minute. And that was the post that kind of inspired me to ask you to come on this podcast, because it's a really interesting topic that you proposed. But I thought when I saw that initial post that you were 100% eating just meat, and that's not really the case. So tell us what your diet is. Yeah. Yeah, so I eat uh, meat, uh, raw meat, raw dairy, uh, raw fruit, um, and I do eat uh, baked potatoes, so I guess you can call that a vegetable, uh, mm-hmm. and I eat raw honey, um, I do drink a little uh, kombucha too, um, and that's pretty much it, uh, berries, you know, things like that, but, uh, and sometimes I eat nuts too, but I'll mm-hmm. mix it up into um, what's called a, a nut formula, so I'll mix it up with uh, honey and raw butter. And it turns out to be almost this like cookie dough type. It sounds consist- amazing. It's Ooh. unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Don't make it. You'll be eating jars. <laughs> of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's super good. But I have like videos on that on my YouTube for the nut formula. But um, it's supposed to supposedly help like if there's any like, I guess, anti-nutrients or whatever in the nuts. Uh, if you eat it with the raw butter, it's supposed to help like transport it out your body and stuff. So, right. Um, and what I usually think about when I am buying nuts is that there might be myotoxins like mold toxins right, and the right. probiotics in the raw butter might eat some of those up too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, meat, butter, fruit, uh, every once in a while I'll do vegetable juices, like, uh, usually in season. So I integrate like seasonal eating with my diet too. So I'll drink like, usually I'll just drink like a lot more milk in the spring and summer uh, into the fall when the grass is like lush and the vitamins are good. Mm. And then, uh, and then I'll eat like fruit during that time, you know, time too. And then when fruit goes out of season, I'll stop eating fruit. I'll eat some more potatoes in the winter. And then as soon as spring comes around, I'll start craving fruit again. And that's like been one of the most interesting things that I found on this diet is that my body starts craving things in season. So Mm. that's been pretty cool. I love that. And it's so clearly how it's supposed to be, right? It's hard to argue that. I think it feels so good to do seasonal eating. And I think for a lot of folks, including me, to be honest, it can be difficult when you're trying to prioritize other stuff in your life, like saving money or or there's just other stuff that's kind of mucking up your brain. I think that's the hardest part that can make seasonal eating stressful, but I've done it myself. There are definitely strategies and I've taught my clients strategies to be able to like buy boxes of stuff from farmers markets and it's actually cheaper that way and all that but yeah it feels so good Mm -hmm. to do that um so did you always have this diet that you just laid out for us when you started eating the raw meat is that kind of how it was or did you slowly incorporate things or leave out things um as you progressed into eating the raw meat yeah yeah so um basically what happened is, is i just went on like an extreme elimination diet so the first thing I did was I quit eating bread. And that was like, like I've, I've said this a bunch of times in my interviews, but like, it's, it was like totally transformational for my life. Like quitting bread, like blew my mind. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe all of the changes that happened in my body and my mind after quitting bread. So, so that like opened up the idea to me that like, maybe I had like celiac disease or like uh, non-celiac gluten sensitivity, whatever you want to call it. And whatever that actually means, which is a whole different rabbit hole. Yes. Whether, whether that's actually you're allergic to the gluten or you're allergic to the glyphosate all over the gluten, who knows? But uh, whatever it is, quit eating bread completely changed my life. So 
after I did that, I was like, okay, if bread can do that, then what about, what if I quit all this other stuff? What is that going to do? So I decided to quit eating like all grains. Like I quit eating like rice and I quit eating like vegetables, potatoes, and that's what got me into the carnivore thing. Right. So at that point I was eating cooked carnivore. Then I went to raw carnivore and I decided to do just raw carnivore for, for, I guess, as long as I, I didn't really have like a time period. So I just started eating like basically only raw meats and only raw dairy and raw eggs. And I did that for about a year. And uh, that was like the beginning of my YouTube channel. And then uh, I, for some reason, I just decided to break, break it with uh, eating watermelon one day. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to start eating fruit again. So I ate a watermelon, not a whole watermelon, but I ate some watermelon and uh, it was good. And I didn't have like any reactions to it. And I didn't think I would either because I wasn't one of those type of persons that had like reactions to food per se mm. that I could, that I could um, perceive, mm -hmm. even though I think looking back on it, I was reacting to bread, but I couldn't mm. perceive it because it was one of those things that was in every one of my meals. So I was just constantly dosing up with bread. So I couldn't tell what was causing what until I cut the bread out. So anyways, I just integrated fruit back in. And then, um, after that, probably like six months or a year later, I started to just bake some potatoes up and started adding potatoes back in. So yeah, it's essentially the, the raw primal diet as, um, proposed by Ogenus Wonder Planets, but you know, that's basically, uh, yeah, how it went, you know? Okay. So again, just intuitively, you decided to try some watermelon and to add the potatoes back. There was nothing you were feeling that was like, you know what? I think I need some more carb or starch. No, no, like not really. Um, I was actually craving. I, th I think I was probably looking back. It was so long ago. It was like a couple years ago. I was probably craving the fruit, to be honest with you. And that's mm -hmm. why I just went ahead and started eating it. And then mm -hmm. with the potatoes, I was definitely craving potatoes. Mm -hmm. So it really was like a craving. Um, it wasn't like so much as a, um, like, I'm not feeling well, or like, you know, my energy is low, or anything like that. It was like one of those things that just I'm going to follow my cravings, and I'm not going to like totally restrict myself to some, to some, uh, I don't know, just in, in, intense regimen that I don't have to, you know, because I like, mm -hmm. you know, I like to be disciplined, but I also like to be free at the same time. So there's that whole balance there that I'm trying to work with. <laughs> yeah but yeah. it sounds like you naturally do a good job with that Wes that's something that I feel that I'm noticing about you you're very sound about your decisions do, did you question your decisions to change your diet or did you just say okay this feels good for me yeah that's that's what's interesting like even when I sort of like step outside myself and, and look at the whole situation I was like I never questioned it and that's very mm -hmm. odd like because like I said, like, I think I'm one of those people that recognizes the truth when I see it. And I think we all have that capability, but, but yeah, I just recognized it as the truth right away. And also like, I listen to my body, you know, I'm in tune with my body. And I think that's like the most important thing. That's what I tell everybody, like, yeah. like, don't, don't listen, don't like get all your information from like nutritional studies or health gurus or teachers or anybody like that. I was like, you have to experiment for yourself. You got to eat these foods and see what works for you. And so, yeah, it just worked for me. So I just never went back on it, you know? Yeah, I think that's the most, it, for me, 
to me and my journey, that has been the most important thing at the end of the day, at this point in my life, following what feels right for me. And if it's a no, if my body's just saying no, not even through physical symptoms, but just, I'm not feeling it like something with the supplements again and again, trying mm -hmm. all of these different stacks of supplements. It was just a no, it was just a mm -hmm. no at the end of the day. And that yeah. that's helped so much. Every time I made a decision like that, that's so cool. I, I really mm -hmm. like to learn that about you. So I want to talk about this post that I came across of Wes's that, you know, he mentioned that he has mostly men in his audience. I mean, Wes, why don't you just describe it for us? Because we can get a better well-rounded idea of what the topic is. Just the post that you had about how a lot of your audience or viewership is male and you were wondering why, right? Was that basically the gist of it? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I just thought it was... I just thought it was interesting because it was like a total disproportionate amount of males over females, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and I think like, if I'm not mistaken, I think that the majority of social media is, is females over males, but I could be wrong about that. But I think I've heard that before. Mm -hmm. So I just thought it was interesting, you know? And like, I like to bring up like thought provoking stuff into my channel too. I don't like to just make it all about me just like chowing on raw meat. Like, mm -hmm. I like to make people think a little bit too, you know, and uh, it just kind of hit me. And it's one of those things that just like, you know what, I'm going to post this. Cause like I had just gotten, um, I think I just at, at that point and turned my channel into like a business channel. Like I didn't even know you could do that. I was like, Hey, I'll just turn, turn into a business channel. And that way you can actually get like statistics and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like looking through my statistics that day. And I noticed that about it. It showed me like the demographics of male to female. So that's what inspired me to post it. I was like, you know what, I'm going to show this to, my audience I'm gonna pull my audience you know and like mm -hmm. see what they think about it because I love doing that I love asking like the audience or my followers or whatever you want to call everybody watching my channel I love asking them questions because like that's literally how I've how I've learned like probably more than half of what I know today wow. it's from it's from people online mm -hmm. on my channels like teaching me something or guiding me in a direction saying hey check this out check this guy out check this book out uh or um, actually correcting me, which is like really humbling. Uh, and that's happened a lot of many, many times on my channel. I've been like totally corrected on what I should be doing. Like, hey man, you probably shouldn't be, you know, like at the beginning of my channel, I was eating like sticks of pasteurized butter from the store, pasteurized mm. salted butter. And they're like, dude, you gotta get some better butter. You know, you gotta get some <laughs> raw butter. And so like that helped me like, you know, it was almost like embarrassing. I was like, man, if I'm gonna do this, I have to do it right. So that's when I just like went all out and I was like, you know what, I'm going to eat the best possible food you can possibly eat. So nobody can correct me, but I learned it from everybody, you know? And so anyways, going back to your question, like, yeah, I just kind of pulled my audience to see what they would say. Cause I knew I would get like a variety of answers. And that was like probably one of, one of the best posts I ever did because I got so many different answers on it. And it seemed to like intrigue a lot of people on what was going on there. Yeah. So what were some answers that you thought were good ones to chew on so a few that like um <clears throat> got my gears kind of grinding a little bit one was um i think one guy suggested that since it's like risky like uh men you know the male role has typically been to be some, more of the risk taker than the woman you know in in certain cultures or whatever and so um maybe the women are waiting for the men to try it first to see if it's harmful, you know, and then once the men show it's safe, 
then the women and children follow, which I thought was a very interesting, interesting thing. Mm -hmm. uh, another one, which I thought was uh, very true and interesting was um, someone suggested that women <clears throat> typically, um, they are more inclined to sort of go with the flow with culture and society and with um, things in life rather than going against the grain. I think that's sort of in their nature in a way. Uh, whereas men can have like, um, men can be a little bit more rebellious. And so I think that may be part of it too, because the raw meat thing has, has went like full circle now to where it's actually like, you're looked at as like a rebel, you know, which, which I think it was actually the original natural diet. I think it's pretty obvious it was now you're a rebel if you eat it. So I think, I think women, that's not necessarily in their like, uh, programming, you know, to, to be like a rebel like that, which I know there's always exceptions, but I'm saying in general. It's interesting too, that it, the second comment that you mentioned, the second point that you mentioned ties into the first too, because being a rebel or not being a rebel also has to do with leading and following, right? It's kind of the same yeah. concept. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, the third one that I remember, which was really interesting was that, um, you know, people say that women are being sold a lot of different nutritional propaganda ideas nowadays. And it's like all about like being slim and like eating veggies and smoothies and like all this stuff. Right. And so I think that may be part of it too, is there's a lot of, there's a lot of programming involved with women, you know, to like, and meat eating is like seen as more barbaric, you know, in a way, but also, you know, if you look at like um, traditional hunter gatherers, like, you know, you know, didn't the men typically go out and hunt and, you know, and maybe the, the women would go out and gather, you know, so maybe that's part of it too. Like, you know, it's just interesting. Like um, there's a lot of different ideas that kind of got, got thrown out there. Yeah, it's so interesting. Oh, I love topics like this because we really tend to glaze over them nowadays for a lot of reasons, right? No one wants to be canceled, first of all, and yeah. uh, they want to avoid the backlash. And also because we have so many arguments about how well we've evolved past these, these places where we were barbaric and now we are evolved to the point where we don't need this and we can be vegan and we can be eating completely processed foods all the time and i'm yeah. not saying you know i know that some diets work for everybody that's why i hear about them they just do mm. they just do i know i've seen right. the evidence in my life um right. but i know what works for me and what works for me is thinking really primally and seasonally and all of that yeah so i read those comments i read i think all of the comments and i think it's so interesting to talk about that and also as a woman so from my perspective reading this yeah reading this topic I came across memories of trying to be carnivore myself and it was the most painful periods I've ever had in my life horrible cramps just mm. clearly my body wasn't loving it however there are so many factors there I don't think that for sure, carnivore wouldn't work for me, for example. I think I gave myself two months. My periods were too painful. And then I said, okay, forget it. I just need to go back to some sort of carb. But mm -hmm. it's also very common. So let me preface this a little bit before I get into all the really personal stuff of how this applies to me. Eating meat is starting to become a thing, at least in like the alt health world, the alternative health world, bodybuilding and meat eating, it's starting to become a thing. Like dieting and getting really slim, that seems like it was like, 
kind of out of trend now getting strong is trend in trend because it's like the feministy thing and whatever it, you can look at it a lot of different ways but i think it's yeah. on trend right now and hopefully it'll just stick it might not so women are getting more comfortable i believe at least in the health world at least in my circles eating meat however a couple of challenges have come up such as women that have gone keto lost their period right there's a lot of there's a lot of that talk like mm. uh you be like women becoming less fertile by eating less carbs however one qualm with that is that a lot of women aren't eating enough calories when they're going keto so there might be right. some you know maybe they don't want to eat too much maybe there's a little bit of an eating disorder there that's still lingering they're trying to be healthy but uh, they're also cutting calories or from my perspective i was eating all the time i love eating i had an eating disorder a long time ago but this was like two years ago when i tried uh, keto and carnivore and i was eating all the time but i don't think i was eating the right stuff so for example i was eating like chunks of uh refrigerated coconut oil mixed with cacao powder just like like pounding those and my body wasn't digesting it at a certain point because it was like what is this all just like this plain coconut oil fat and it's not animal yeah. fat it's like coconut oil where no oh. that my body isn't recognizing that so I don't think I was getting enough digestible calories. And that was part of my issue of why my body reacted poorly to that. And I think that's a lot of other women's issues eating keto. Now, I also know a couple of other women that are in the health space that did eat keto that had to go back to eating some sort of carby something, but they went back to eating squash and then they got their period back and it was all good. So hmm. it's kind of a, there are a lot of factors there, but overall, my outlook, my personal opinion on this is that everyone should just do what feels good for them. But people that are curious about this, it might, there are two sides of it to say, okay, well, yeah, like I can do carnivore, let's just try it. And then there's also a fear of, okay, well, I've heard about these stories. If you're really deep into the health world, maybe you heard about these stories of losing your period or becoming less fertile. Like for me, that's super important. Like my fertility is so important. So if I would lose that, that would be like such a big thing for me. Uh, so I would be kind of nervous to give up the carbs, but I've seen by example from other women out there that are into similar health topics that adding a little bit of the starchy something like you have potatoes and you have some fruit, adding some fruit, adding some squash can help with that. So yeah. what are your thoughts, Wes? Have you heard about this? What's your outlook on it? Yeah. So I think, um, I think the current, like carnivore, there's like carnivore and then there's vegan. You got these like two extremes, mm -hmm. right? So I think that's, those can be sort of a trap. And I think that life is really, that can apply to a lot of areas in life when you have these like extreme ideas, you know, carnivore versus vegan, you get into politics where you got Democrat versus Republican, uh, you get into religion, you have Christianity versus Islam, you have like all of these like ideas, right, which I think are sort of propagated by um, the media, right. And I think, I honestly think there are tools meant to divide people. And I think that the, the solution or the truth is somewhere always in the middle, right? So everybody kind of wants to always take a team, you know? And that's what I noticed with the whole carnivore thing. 
which I'm kind of glad I got away from because that can be a little, uh, I hate the word cult, so I'm not going to use that, but I guess I could say dogmatic. People get a little dogmatic and teamy with it. So I tend to stay away from that. And I think the truth is honestly somewhere in the middle. Like you said, like everybody has to kind of see what works for them. And um, when I first started out my YouTube channel, I called it carnivore life, which I totally cringe at now, but I, I had to change it to the natural human diet, you know, cause I, I, I saw my channel going in a different direction. I was like, I need to like rebrand my channel or whatever. So, so I think, yeah, like there's no sense in cutting out all foods if you're not having issues with them, you know, like there's fear being pushed by both sides, right? Like, so you have like the vegans are pushing out fear. Like I've heard everything that they say about meats. I've heard that they say, if you eat meat, it rots in your stomach and putrefies. And I've heard all these different like things about meats. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you're obviously you're murdering animals and all this stuff. So they're pushing out like fear about meats. And then you got the carnivores doing the same thing, pushing back on yeah. the vegan stuff, right? Like they're saying, oh no, you have anti-nutrients and you have like oxalates and you have like, you know, all this stuff in your food, your food's bad. Like, no, your food's bad. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. Um, but I think when you're going on like extremes like that, like things can be bad. Like if you're eating like all vegetables with anti-nutrients every day maybe that's going to be an issue or a bunch of oxalates every single day all day maybe that'll eventually become an issue who knows but it all depends on each person so i think the answer is somewhere in the middle for sure and uh, i think a lot of people on carnivore could probably eat like potatoes and have no issues with it but they've read all this propaganda about oxalates you know and they're like no i can't eat potatoes because they yeah. have oxalates you know and i'm like I eat potatoes every day. I'll eat like one potato a day. And like, I, I highly doubt that I'm going to die from like oxalate poisoning or having <laughs> issues from it. I've eaten potatoes my whole life, you know, like I just don't see that happening. So there's a lot of different things to talk about there. But um, as far as like the people going on keto, like I think a huge part of that, yeah, is like not eating enough calories for sure. Because yeah. like I eat uh, about two pounds of butter a week, two pounds of raw butter that's a lot of butter it's like a pretty big chunk every meal like you're talking like probably almost like a tennis ball size chunk of butter every meal and like i don't really see a whole lot of people eating like that and like i don't see a whole lot of people eating like that much butter like some people eat like a couple tablespoons of butter but like i eat tons of butter to make sure i'm getting like all those calories and hormones and cholesterol and saturated fat maybe that's a factor on why the women lose their periods because they're not eating enough fat maybe enough cholesterol saturated fats you know because those are like the mother of all hormones they say or whatever i don't know enough about it but uh i think that is a huge a huge thing is not eating enough food you know like i actually um i pretty much force myself to eat because i know i have to eat like a certain amount the diet is so satiating that i feel like a lot of times i could fast i could fast on water for days and i'd be perfectly fine but I just, I want to keep those calories coming in, keep that food coming in. So I have to kind of like force myself to eat this satiating food because I know it's just good for me. And I see, I think some people get into that where they, uh, they're just not hungry, you know? And I'm like, I'm not hungry either. Like, you know, it takes me a lot to get hungry. Like I'll have to fast for 24 hours to be hungry, you know? And who knows, maybe eventually my diet will take me in that direction to where I will eat every other day. I have no idea where it's going to go because I don't, I have no idea really what our original plan was, like what we're supposed to be eating and how often I'm still trying to figure it all out. But yeah, anyways, I kind of went on a tangent, but 
Um, yeah, the carnivore thing, it's very interesting. It seems like some people have issues with it. And I think there's nothing wrong with integrating some, some carbs in, you know, and uh, helping out if that's what you need. Like I'll, I'll fluctuate between eating zero carbs and then I'll uh, add potatoes back in. But I'm usually, I'm typically under like 50 grams a day, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's considered like keto. Um, I think that's another kind of like false binary idea, like ketosis. Cause like ketosis, um, is basically like you're either in ketosis or you're not in ketosis, right? I think that's, there's like a line, there's like a fine line there. And so, and so uh, people always like focus on ketosis. And I think the idea is just to always like fluctuate, like always undulate. Cause I think that's like the rhythm of life, you know, life is always moving up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. So like, I think that's what you do with your diet. You eat with the seasons as the seasons go up and down. And as the seasons go up and down, then maybe you'll go into ketosis and then out of ketosis, into ketosis, you know, maybe you'll fast and then you'll eat and then you'll fast and then you'll eat. Like everything goes in these waves, but everybody wants to kind of take one of those, the peak of the wave and focus on that or the bottom of the wave and go, no, I want to stay in ketosis or no, I want to fast or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, you have to just, just ride the wave, you know, mm-hmm. and not focus on any one thing. So that's kind of like my wishy-washy answer, but I think it's close to the truth. Yeah. And like you say, life is wishy-washy with everything, right? It's because we want to have one answer and one simple answer and stick with that forever because most of us were raised in the typical school systems of, okay, this yeah. is what you memorize and this is what it's going to bring you in life. You're going to get everything in life by being able to memorize math equations. So that's, yep. I think that's such a big part of like the quantifying health sector, which it drives me nuts. I tried to do it and I couldn't because I thought it was the best thing for me at the time. It wasn't, I could never... I could never keep track and why am I even bothering to do this? And yeah, eating intuitively makes so much sense, but we have to get to the point, like as, as a people, as a society, we have to get to the point where we can even listen to ourselves or be alone with ourselves for a certain amount of time in order mm-hmm. to hear what our bodies are saying to us. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. You can take this, you can take this topic, all these topics in so many different directions, but I'm curious to hear from you now, is your overall goal here, or do you have an overall goal, first of all, but I'm wondering if it's to get back to what the original diet was. Is that like a goal that you have in mind, or is it just an intention that you keep? What's your thought process on that? Um, to be honest, like I, I actually have no goals. Like I don't, I actually don't set goals and I know it sounds crazy, but I just, I do exactly what's in front of me every day. And that's all I do. I just, all I focus on is what's going on right here, right now. Right. So, but yeah, it's been an interesting ride, like this whole journey, my channel, and then like, you know, just getting on podcasts and talking to people like you and all the really cool people that I've met along the way. That's been like the biggest blessing of all. So I'm just like really here for the ride and I'm just enjoying it. And I'm like super open-minded to wherever it's going to take me. Like, I'm just like staying open to whatever, wherever it's going to take me. And uh, if my diet evolves even more then I'm open to that and I'm open to changing things and, and uh, you know, being honest with people and saying, Hey, this is where my diet's going now. But I think I'm at a point, like kind of at a sweet spot now where I don't see it like changing a whole lot. But you never know, like, I think maybe there's different diets for different seasons in your life, you know, Mm -hmm. like maybe obviously you eat different as a baby than you do as an adult. Maybe you eat different as a young adult than you do as a 
older adults mm -hmm. like so there's always i'm super open to that too like things could change maybe as i get older i'll start integrating more like veg juices and stuff in and like cut back on the meats who knows like who knows where it's gonna go but but yeah i'm just kind of I'm here just riding the wave, you know? <laughs> yeah, I love the way that you are. I just love the way that you are. That's It's a great <laughs> outlook to have. I do want to ask two more kind of diety questions before we move on, because I kind of want to bridge into spirituality after this. Why do you drink vegetable juices? Is it because like the nutrients are more digestible that way? Um, yeah, so I've kind of dabbled in it, but it never seemed like anything that I really like needed in my diet. But um it's recommended because I think you can get like more extra micronutrients and uh, it's a really good source of hydration too. And you're getting like a good structured water in there too. Like all that good structured mm. water from the veggies is like really good for your body. So there's a few different, you know, benefits of that for sure. But, you know, I, I don't think there's a whole lot in there that you can't get from, uh, you know, animal foods. So it's just, it's kind of a lot of work, you know, you got to go to the store every few days you got to get fresh organic stuff. You got to come back and juice it. You usually have to drink it within like, preferably the same day. You know, you should probably drink mm -hmm. it right away. So it doesn't mm -hmm. like uh, oxidize and stuff. So it's just a lot of work. And uh, I already put like a whole lot of work into my diet as it is. So it's something that maybe later on I'll integrate it. Yeah. Yeah. And it brings up a good, another good question. Do you buy part of an animal? I, I think you buy directly from local farms, right? I do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got a couple <clears throat> farmers, uh, ranchers that I deal with, uh, my dairy guy I found on realmilk.com, and then my ranchers I found on eatwild.com. Mm. And so, um, yeah, so I get, uh, uh, one of them in Lincoln here in Lincoln, Nebraska, he, he, uh, harvests once a year, I think sometimes twice, but usually just once a year and I'll get like a quarter cow or a half cow off of him. Uh, they call them quarter beef, I guess, quarter beef, uh, half beef. So, which is basically quarter of the animal. So you get like all the different cuts, you know, all the different roasts and steaks and you get the tongue, the liver and the hearts and everything like that. And I can get it fresh too. So I worked out a deal with him in the processing facility to where um, they'll hold it fresh for me until I pick it up. So I can go get the whole thing fresh, bring it home. I'll put half in my fridge and then half in the freezer. So I get, I get to eat fresh. 100% grass-fed beef uh, for part of the year. But that only lasts me like a couple months. And then uh, for the rest of it, I go through this other guy. Um, he actually delivers here to Omaha. He's from Syracuse, Nebraska. He's got a 100% grass-fed operation down there. And he's just such a cool guy, man. Like these farmers, they're so cool when you talk to them because they're just – they're really, I mean, they're, they're just on like another level. Like they know exactly what they're doing mm -hmm. and they know like how beneficial they are to the community. And they just, they understand how everything works and um, how good their food is. So they're doing a really good service, but he delivers to Omaha like twice, a, twice a month. So on Saturdays um, you just email him your order and then he'll just bring it up to you in coolers. And uh, it's just so cool that he does that. So yeah, I got a couple of really good 100% grass-fed ranchers around here, so I'm pretty pretty blessed. Yeah, I love that. It's some of the best feelings in the world to be able to connect. When I'll put it like this. 
I wasn't growing up connecting with farmers. I grew up in Southern California near San Diego. So we were just in the suburbs. I was always in the suburbs and just buying our food from the grocery store, whatever is cheapest. And then finding out about how you can connect with farmers. And there are farmers that are growing their food in a really great way. And then finding them at farmer's markets or on the internet, however, and then meeting them, you're like, wow, this is so cool. This is how it's supposed to be. It's like, for me, in my like super spiritual mind, it just feels good in my soul. Like there's a deeper feeling there that makes me really happy. It's like true happiness, right? Like not happiness from external sources, but like happiness that comes from inside of you. And that's Mm -hmm. such a great feeling. And it's hard for me to get that feeling all the time, but that happens when I connect with farmers because it's supposed to be like that. I mean, in my world, in my reality, it's supposed to be like that interdependency is it Uh that's that's the way and and you are so right these farmers that are and not i want to make a point to say not all farmers are growing unfortunately in really thoughtful ways and there could be a lot of reasons for that financial reasons manipulation by bigger companies there are so many reasons for that but i learned that the hard way not all farmers are being thoughtful about how they're growing because it's really hard like the the deck is stacked against you if you're a farmer that wants to grow in really great ways right so Um, they're not all in that moral code, but when you do find a farmer that is like that, you are so right. They're just ahead of the curve, but they've been doing this forever. Like I like to remind myself and my audience of that. There are some people that are just living a simple life that are very happy, that are very healthy, and they're not online all the time, and they're not following trends all the time, and they're not doing a mono diet or whatever. They're just eating what they like to eat and living a simple life and naturally going out and connecting with nature because it's just a part of their life. Like people live like that and they do thrive like that. And I think it's really easy to get in a mindset of everyone that exists on earth is present on Instagram and it's just not true Uh, we we see the people that are really divided right like you say the carnivore vegan or we see people that are concerned about stuff that we don't have to be concerned about but we think that everybody exists like online and they're the ones that all the folks that exist are the ones that are the most present on Instagram and it's not true there's a whole slew of people who are not yeah that right yeah yeah there's whole it's just there's a whole bunch of just amazing people like I think about that all the time actually I'm like think about all the people that aren't on social media that are just like amazing like legendary people (laughs) it's just it blows my mind to even think about it like it's just like what you what you don't know you don't know it's like it's just unbelievable so true Wes so true and guess what we don't hear from them because they're just living their lives and enjoying their lives and they didn't have like catastrophic health and had to build themselves back up in this heroic story and then they're telling everybody about it look I have like a version of one of those stories and that's why I'm one of these people on Instagram like folks you can do natural health the natural way and it's so much cheaper than western medicine and all that I because for me it's important to do that because that's just been my path but there's a whole lot of other people who are not really opinionated about all of these things and have had this whole roller coaster of a life they're just like chilling they're just living yep. simply so it's cool yeah. to remember that because yeah. that's an that's an option for all of us it is yeah. definitely is for yeah. sure <laughs> <laughs> okay so now i want to talk about spirituality wes what is your take on spirituality how does it apply to your life religion as well how do you see these topics sure yeah 
Um, I guess to preface this, I, I would say that um, I find a lot of these things really hard to uh, articulate. I find them really hard to articulate because there's so much, there's so much like um, bigger than words. I think I think words tend to fail a lot of uh, a lot of these topics. But um, I guess we can start with like religion in general. I do believe in there's there's like a higher spirit out there, like you know uh, a great spirit, as like maybe the Native Americans would call it or whatever. Um, God, whatever you want to call it, I believe that there's something out there that obviously like created all of us and created everything. And uh, I do believe to a certain extent in, um, I guess, like, like light and darkness, like dark forces and like light forces out there, you know, that are like sort of manipulating. Um, I think they're manipulating uh, humanity in a sense. I believe in like a spiritual world. I believe that there's a, an entire different world that's um, behind this one. I think there's a spiritual world behind our physical world that's influencing the physical world. I think actually the physical world is probably, this is all an illusion and everything is actually spiritual. So that's kind of like my take on that. But um, religion, organized religion in, in general, I think like came from a place of truth and then eventually over time sort of became like, uh, sort of corrupted and uh, as became somewhat of like a power grab and the original messages that were starting the religion sort of got, um, transformed into something else so i think religion today wasn't really exactly what it was intended to be in a lot of different uh areas but uh but yeah just you know i i would say i'm definitely like a spiritual person and uh because i ultimately believe in this in the spiritual realms i think we are spirits and i think that our bodies are just you know um temporary housings for our spirits i think that we most likely live we live on forever in our spirit and um yeah, like I said, I believe in like light and darkness, you know, like some people maybe would say good and evil, but I think it's more fundamentally like light and dark, you know, so that's kind of how I see how the world operates today. I see those kind of two, those two variables sort of clashing together. And that's just kind of how I view stuff. Cool. Yeah. So I'm curious what you think the source of the darkness is, because I, I would prefer to get into specifics if you're comfortable with that, because I want to see where are you in the <laughs> conspiracy world or not, or, and my guess is you can't really categorize you. You're very hard to stereotype, I would say. Most, most all individuals really are at the end of the day. Um, but I'm curious what you think the source of the darkness is. So are we talking like do you think like black magic is a thing? Do you think that because, do you think that our existence just involves light and dark, just like everything, like nature involves light and dark. It's just a part of the reality that we live in. It's a part of spirituality. It just is supposed to exist. Basically is the dark supposed to exist or not? Is it manufactured somehow? Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. So, so I will say first off, and I'm not afraid to say this and I think a lot of people are is that I don't know I think that's really important people need to understand that I don't know but I have learned a lot of things um I've explored a lot of different areas and stuff like I've I've studied uh shamanism like I've studied um I've read a book about a lady that um she channeled this entire book talking to aliens like uh you know I've studied Christianity um, I've studied a lot of different things and uh, like Gnosticism, that's another really interesting, uh, interesting sort of religion, I guess. But um, what's Gnosticism? 
Oh, Gnosticism is, is very interesting. So someone actually taught me this on my channel and I had no idea what Gnosticism was like, because they were like listening to me talk about like some spiritual stuff like this. And they're like, they're like, you need to, you need to look into Gnosticism. I was like, all right, we'll do. So, so it's very, very complicated. And like, who knows the original history or whatever, but um, they found these like Gnostic texts, like uh, I think they're in Nag Hammadi somewhere in like Egypt or something, but um, they found these texts, like I think in the 1950s or like sometime in the last hundred years. And they were like, um, they looked like they were like supposed to be part of the original like Christian Bible. Like it was like uh, these books, they found all these books but it was like a little bit different. It was like written a little bit differently and they're like talking about different stuff, but it was like very, very similar to, to what the Bible talks about. And so they, they uh, came to the conclusion that it was like Gnostic texts and like Gnosticism was like, from what I've learned about this um, is that it was like the, almost like the original form of Christianity. They were actually called Gnostics and uh, they had like a different approach to everything. And they were all about like going within they were more like mystical, I guess you could say. They were more like mystics. And so they were more like about seeking the, you know, the kingdom of God within yourself, finding the truth within and going within. Um, whereas like the Christians were all about, no, no, no. Like you need, you need to come to our church and read our books and listen to our priests. We have the truth, right? And the Gnostics were like this whole, no, we, we're just, we're chilling. We're going to go within. And so it's just really interesting when you look into the history of it, because like, I think what happened was, was like, basically the Roman Catholic Church, like started, um, like vilifying this group of like, this sect of Christianity, and saying like, no, these guys are full of it. These guys don't know what they're talking about. And so then they sort of like took the church in a different direction. And then the Gnostic thing got kind of pushed to the side. And so they have all these texts that talk, you know, it's, it's like, it's pretty mystical stuff. Like, it's very some of it's hard to understand because it's so like, it's almost like mythological type things that they were, and I don't know if they were, there was some, some uh, plant medicine use, you know, maybe some, some drug use going on in their sect or whatever. And like, you know, that's a whole different rabbit hole to go down. But anyways, that's what Gnosticism essentially is. And so to answer your question, like um, Gnosticism, like they think that like a lesser God rules over, this world and so they think that like there's like a greater god and like a lesser god and so like the lesser god they think it rules over this world and they think that basically it's become like um like this world has basically become like evil in a sense like for some reason it like turned somewhere along the way it turned a different direction and it's like not the way it's really supposed to be because it's being ruled by this like lesser god but like that could mean like Satan or whatever, like this like dark force, basically. So they believe that it's being ruled by like this dark force. And that's, um, yeah, so it gets very interesting. But, um, and I can kind of see how that is true, you know, and it ties in with Christianity because then you have like God and Satan and like, it's just, it's very interesting stuff. But um, so I think there's evidence of that. And I think that like, Gnosticism is um it's interesting and uh I think shamanism is interesting I think the Native Americans also had like a very interesting take on spirituality I think they were like the closest that I could see to the truth you know like they were very uh tied in with nature 
And um, they were very respectable of other people's beliefs too, which I think is very important. Like uh, when the Christians came, you know, to speak to the Native Americans, they, um, the Native Americans were very respect, um, respecting of their symbols of the cross and everything. And they revered their cross in a very respectful way because they knew that it meant something to the Christians, you know? Mm -hmm. So like they were very accepting of that. And I think that like, um, for the most part, I think people in religions, I think that um, they are probably worshiping the same God. Like the Native Americans believe that if you're worshiping a God, you're worshiping the God. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that um, there's a whole trick being put down here by the dark forces that um, to get all the religions to war with each other, to fight each other and kill each other, but they're actually all serving the same, uh, the same spirit or whatever. So, you know, it's all very interesting, but uh, I tend to not really buy into any of like the fear mongering, the war mongering or anything like that, the clashing of between groups. Like, I just want to stay away from all of that. Cause I think it's all, I think it's all a trick. Mm -hmm. I think it's all one big trick and I, you know, it all, it's all just, um, I think there's a battle of truth and lies that's been going on on earth for thousands of years. And I think it's still going on today. Obviously you see it on social media. And I think that's the whole game of life is that you're supposed to um, basically live as best you can without going crazy. Cause this, I think the world is designed by evil forces to make you go crazy mm. by, by feeding you lies from day one and then giving you all these lies. And then you have to figure it out as you go and figure out the truth as you go while at the same time not going crazy you know mm -hmm. so i think the really the strongest survive that and really the um some really blessed people can like break out of that pattern and like see all of a sudden see all the truth for what it is you know i think that's the whole that's the whole game yeah and it's cool that we can see the evidence of that in some people if you really dig and like we're talking about like the farmers that we meet and there are people there are still people that are in the limelighter there are famous people that have kind of figured it out at least in the self-development world that i know and uh that's cool that we can see that and encouraging that we can see the evidence of that mm -hmm. so what does your do you have a spiritual practice and what does that look like daily or weekly um yeah so so i like to um i think like like uh the most important i think it's supposed to be very simple i think I think the most important thing is um, making it simple. So I like to practice, um, like, uh, I think forgiveness is huge. Like, I think uh, I don't hold grudges and I don't hold resentments towards people. And so I think uh, forgiving other people constantly, no matter what they do, having compassion for other humans, I think is um, really important. Like uh, understanding that um, if you see someone that's in a flawed state, that they are, uh, just a past version of yourself in a way and so you shouldn't judge them because you wouldn't want someone to have judged you that stuff to me is like really obvious and i'm glad that like that was that information was given to me it's helped me a lot in life so those are kind of like my daily things just you know and then uh i do like some prayers like i uh, bless my food and uh, i bless my dog's food and uh and then i also uh pray for other people because i've um and I never got, I never believed the praying for other people thing ever in my life until I saw this, uh, I heard this podcast about this lady. She does these experiments and it's called like the power of eight. I believe it's like a book she wrote 
And she did these experiments where she got like groups of people together and they all focused their energy and intentions on one person that had like an injury or an illness or something like that. And it's like really amazing, like the stuff that they accomplished by doing this. Mm -hmm. And that like totally changed, it changed my life. Cause like, like I've heard about prayer my whole life and I never believed it, but I always did it anyways. But then I saw this actual like experiment that she, this lady did over and over and over and over and over again, and like healed these people by uh, having a group of eight people pray for them for uh, weeks and months at a time every day, just focusing all their positive energy. So I started doing that and uh, I started praying for like my family and friends and all the people I work with. Every time I eat my meals, I pray for everybody. And then um, I also pray for like uh, my enemies too. Like uh, if I notice myself like uh, starting to develop like a resentment towards somebody, like it's like really powerful uh, it totally changes everything. Like, I'm like, you know what, as much as like that side of me wants to like feed on this negative energy and like, and like ruminate about this person and think about all this negative, it's like, I need to pray for them. Like I need to pray for them. So like, I'll pray for people that are, uh, kind of on my mind in a negative way. And that totally just like, um, really eliminates that. And then, um, it neutralizes it. That's the word I was looking for completely neutralizes it. So yeah, and then uh, at night, uh, I like to, so my room is completely blacked out. Um, and uh, I have no light in my room. And I also sleep in a Faraday cage. So at night, I'll go into my Faraday cage. And uh, before I lay my head down, I'll just kind of sit there, I'll say a little verbal prayer. And then I'll also um, like, uh, I'll sit there and like, uh, just observe my thoughts for like 15 minutes or something like that. I'll just close my eyes and I'll just observe my thoughts. It's more like kind of like a silent prayer. And uh, it helps me like get disconnected from my thoughts because I think we can get carried away with our thoughts. So like, it's almost like, I guess you could call it meditation, but uh, yeah, it helps me kind of observe my thoughts and realize that like, you know, thoughts do not come from myself. And so that's basically what I do. It's pretty simple. Like I'm still like a total baby when it comes to like my spiritual growth and I'm still like, completely growing into it but that's essentially where i'm at now cool and the fair is it a fair day cage yep okay i think i saw one of your posts about that tell us what that is yeah so that is a uh cage that blocks out all electromagnetic frequencies all um, radio waves microwaves all that stuff that comes from cell towers um like cell phones you know 5g all that stuff so uh, I started getting into that as I, I read that book, Invisible Rainbow by Arthur Furstenberg. And it's all about like uh, electro, it's like the history of electricity, but it's also like all the negative things it's done to humanity and the earth and everything. And it's mm -hmm. blew my mind. So mm -hmm. I was like, I need to get in a Faraday cage. I was sleeping in my basement at the time. Uh, I slept in my basement for like five months. And that was like, um, some of the best soup I got in my life because I got one of those uh, EMF meters where you can actually measure the frequencies in your house. Wow. And I went around my house and I found out where there was the least amount of frequency. And in my basement, my cinder block basement in the corner, there was almost no EMF. Wow. So I actually I had like a brand new bed upstairs, nice big bedroom. And I was like, I would rather sleep on my basement floor <laughs> than sleep up there. And I got the best sleep I've ever gotten in my life. Mm. So like, 
yeah here i am you know eating raw meat sleeping in my basement on the floor you know <laughs> people yeah. probably think i'm going crazy but you but feel great you're sleeping exactly. great you're feeling great <laughs> well, awesome it's so great it's such a beautiful irony i love it so i had to so basically i had to finish the story i had to move upstairs for i had to get out of my basement and i had to move upstairs and i was like um I'm, i need to build a faraday cage um but before i moved into that faraday cage i slept in my living room one night so i did an actually kind of like a controlled experiment and uh, I got the worst sleep I've gotten in two years, mm. sleeping in my living room where I'm getting just bombarded with my neighbor's Wi-Fi all day, you know? So then I built the Faraday cage the next day, slept in that, and just, I get deep, deep dreams every single night. It's just unbelievable. It, it really works. And I, and I posted on my Instagram and uh, I've inspired other people to build that very same cage. And they, they text me and they're like, Hey man, I got like the best sleep I've ever got in my life. The first night I slept in that thing, man. And I was like, I told you, I told that's you it works. That's a great feeling. That's such, I'm familiar with that feeling. It's such a great one. Cause think about it. How many people have such big issues with their sleep all the time, any age. Oh, yeah, It's such a big problem right now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love it. Okay, cool. So you take one-to-one -one clients for health consultations. Wes is the best way for us to get in contact with you about that on Instagram. Sure. Yeah. You can, uh, DM me on Instagram or you can, uh, email my, uh, proton mail eight, eight, six, six, eight at protonmail.com. Either way. Cool. And I have one final question for you. I asked this to all of our guests. What do you think the root of health is? If you had to choose one thing, what would the common denominator be of health? The root of, uh, good health or yeah. the root of good health. Um, I think it's, I think the root of good health is, um, is having a healthy spirit. I really do. I think that's the, the core of everything. And I think your physical issues can manifest from there. And I think they can improve from there or go downhill from there. So I think it's all about, um, believing, staying positive and believing and, um, and just, uh, enjoying life, you know, and, and having things in your life that, uh, make you happy and, and that uh, make you joyful and uh, just sticking to that simple plan, I think can improve your health in ways that like people could never imagine. Yeah, I completely agree. So profound. Yeah. Wes Rowe of The Real Natural Human Diet on Instagram and YouTube. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thanks for this conversation. It was so much fun. I'm really grateful to you for, for sharing your time with me and thanks for doing what you do. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. And yeah, it was really cool talking with you. I hope you loved this episode. If the content that I put out into the world resonates with you, if it adds value to your life, please do me a big favor and help me share it with the rest of the world. Please help me share it with more people. That is really how you can support my work and how you can support my content. Help me spread the word of natural health, natural healing, self-healing, and self-development and self-empowerment. This is why I got into this industry, so I can tell more people about how we can change our lifestyle to change how we feel every single day. It's so important for me to get that word out. So if you love this content and you enjoy it, please help me by spreading the word that it exists, that my content exists. That would mean the world to me. Thank you so much for listening. 
If you are interested in one-to-one -one coaching, you can contact me via email or via Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening and the information on how to join my email tribe, how to join the Root Awakening commune, and how to grab my online communication co course is all in the notes. I love you so much. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening.